amen. Well, let's give it up for the Lord this morning. Y'all turn and greet two or three people. Give somebody a high five. Tell them what's up. If you don't know their name, introduce yourself. All right, so here's the deal. Anybody, anybody ever had to eat crow before? Anybody? Who doesn't know what eating crow means? Raise your hand. Like, oh, there's a lot more of you than I thought. Eating crow, like, you have to acknowledge something that you didn't want to acknowledge. So I have to acknowledge something. So, well, don't act like y'all didn't lose too. So here's the deal. I've been, I've been calling out our college, our college group. A lot. So if you came and played basketball last week, go ahead and stand up. I'm a man of my word. Go ahead and stand up. Y'all give it up for these guys. Y'all give it up for these guys. So these guys, these guys beat me in a basketball game last week. Three, three basketball games last week. But if we're going to be honest, how many did y'all lose? Whoa. I'm pretty sure it was three. Liars go where? Revelation 21.8. There's a song about it. When you left, okay, when you left, okay, okay. Well, give it up for these guys because they beat us in a basketball game last week. So go ahead and be seated. All right, now here, here's another thing. If those guys drug you out to church this morning, I want you to stand up. If you got drug out, you were like, I don't want to stand. So here was, here was, listen, here was, the, here was the rule. For every game they lost, they had to bring somebody to church. So that's weird. You said you lost two, but there's three people standing. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I, I promised them I would give them a, a shout out. I'm a man of my word. Another thing, you heard uh, Brittany kind of talk about this. When you walk into the lobby right after service, we have all of our groups set up. So the group leaders will be by the table. There's little plaques on all the tables. What are all the groups? What's going on? So this is what I would challenge you to do. Get involved in a group. It, it's important. Listen, it, it's, it's truly about doing life with one another. And, and the groups that I'm involved in, here's the deal. I don't, I don't lead a group by myself. I'm the pastor and I don't lead a group. I'm involved in a group because I need people pouring into me. I need community around me. I don't care what my position is. I still need people pouring into me. So I, I guarantee you if I need somebody pouring into me and I need a support system and group around me, you probably do too. Uh, so get involved in a group. This is our tagline at the church. Do what you love with people that you love. Uh, so there's going to be Bible study groups out there. There's going to be disc golf groups out there. There's basketball groups. There's all types of groups. And here, here's the thing. If you don't see a group that you like, Man, y'all getting good. Start one. If you don't see a group you like, then start one and start recruiting people. So we have, we have groups coming up. A couple of different things I need to announce as well. Got to switch some dates on you guys. So our men's retreat and our women's retreat. So the men's retreat, I gave a couple dates uh, a few weeks ago. Here's the problem. The place that we thought we had rented, they decided that they didn't want to rent out to anybody at all this year. So we had to pivot a little bit and find new locations. So if you have your phone, fellas, grab your phone. I see you see a track. I know. Go, go ahead and grab your phone. If you're a guy in the room, grab your phone. Like seriously, grab your phone if you're a guy in the room. Go ahead and scan the QR code. Some of you are already doing it. Hey, listen, if you're interested in the men's retreat, I need you to fill out that form. All right, just let us know that you're interested. So at our men's retreat this year, it's going to be about two, two and a half hours away. Last year, we had over 30 guys show up. This year, this place can sleep up to 50 individuals. So we have 50 spots, and I promise you it's going to be full. So if you're interested at all, 
fill out that form so we can kind of gauge that interest August 4th through the 6th. There's going to be skeet shooting. There's going to be go-karts. There's going to be fishing. We're going to jump in the pool. We're going to have our annual golf tournament. Um, Y'all are like, I don't play golf. Great. 20 people last year didn't play golf either, and they they played in the, the golf tournament. So, so we have that coming up. And ladies, we have yours. Yours is coming up June the 9th through the 11th. Well, they made noise and the guys didn't. So clearly, they had a good time last year. Yeah. Ladies, you do the same thing. Go ahead and scan the QR code. Let us know if you're interested. So that retreat's going to be out in Pigeon Forge. You can kind of see the area that you are, are going to. But, but this, is, this is what I love about the retreat. Zach, why are you taking so much time to talk about the retreats? Well, the past six weeks, I've been talking about generations. And I've been talking about how different generations working together receive all the promises of God. And what we recognized on our retreats is that we had multiple generations. Gary, last year, I think, I think you might have been the youngest one there last year. How old? 19? You were 20 when you came? You were 18. You, so you were the youngest. Who was, who was the oldest that, that went? Nobody wants to raise their hand for that one. Rich, you weren't the oldest. There had to be somebody else. How old are you, Rich? 53. You had to think about that. So there were people older than 53 that were there. But, but the, how, how old are you, Ed? Were you the oldest one there last year? Oh, he's calling somebody else out. He's calling. He's calling. Where was the oldest lady? No, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you the oldest lady that, that went on the women's retreat. But, but here's the deal. We saw generations coming together. And, and honestly, it was special. I mentioned to the team this morning that, that was kind of setting up church. I said, I don't, I don't know what it was. But around the time that we did our men's and our women's retreat last year, something just changed dynamically inside the church. Yeah. We, we were able to build relationships on deeper levels. And I, Rich, I'm going to say this again. There was something that I noticed. When I saw you hanging out with Darius, there was just something about that moment. I was like, oh, like that's, that's how we're supposed to act. That's what it means for generations to be pouring into one another. And it wasn't like you just sat down with Darius and said, listen here, son, let me tell you about my life. No, like y'all were like just, y'all were hanging out together. I saw him making you crack up like crazy. If you've never been around Darius, he's the awkward one walking to his seat right now. But, <laughs> but Darius will make anybody in the room laugh. And it's just about hanging out with one another. So that's why it's so important. That's why we take time to do it. So let me catch us up. If you're new to the church, if, if you haven't been here for the past six weeks, we've been, our, we've been in our Generations series. So this is week number seven of eight. So last, or next week, we'll, we'll wrap up uh, week eight of our Generations series. Let me give you kind of uh, some back, not backlash. Backlash is not the right word. That's like what you get when you get in trouble. But let me kind of backtrack a bit and let you know what's going on. Week one, we dove into Genesis chapter 12, and we recognize that God's promises are for all the generations. It doesn't matter your age in the room. It's for all the generations, but it takes all the generations working together to receive all the promises of God. And we use this metaphor of a fire that, that it takes all the generations. The 55-plus community were like the coals of a fire. Uh, the 30 to 55 was like the fuel of the fire. And anyone under the age of 30 was like the new wood to that fire. But it, but it causes you to leave your comfort zone to play a part in working together. In fact, Abram was called to leave his comfort zone in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And then we dove into week 2, Genesis chapter 13. And that was when uh, Abraham and Lot's herders were arguing, so they decided they had to go separate ways. And what we recognize is this, when God calls us out of our comfort zone, sometimes our relationships change and sometimes seasons can change. 
And when our relationships and seasons change, we can live one of three ways. Many of you can kind of repeat what I'm about to say. But we can either live close-handed and live a selfish life. We can live backhanded and live a bitter life. Or we can live open-handed and steward everything that God has placed in our hands. Week three, we dove into God promised, but it's not what I see. Remember, God promised Abram that he would have a son through Sarah, but Abram was old and it wasn't what he saw. And we recognize that God's promises are even good sometime later. Scripture says that sometime later, the promises of God were fulfilled in their life. Week four, we talked about this, stop becoming the victim and keep your eyes on the destination. In our culture and in our society, there's too many people playing the victim. Stop playing the victim and keep your eyes on the destination. Week five, we dove into this. What does all the land really mean? See, see, God promised Abraham and Sarah all the land, that the generations would receive all the land. But what does that really mean? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for your family? What does it mean for multiply Lake Norman, what does it mean for the group that you're leading? What does it mean for the group that you're involved in? And and we recognize that we have to take the message of the gospel to the streets. What does it mean to truly get in the trenches with one another? To, To truly hurt when each other are hurting, to rejoice when each other are rejoicing. What does it mean to get in the trenches? And then we tease that we have a family day coming up, April the 17th. So that is Easter. Make sure you're here for that. And then last week, Last week, do you trust God's timing? You trust God's timing. Through the good, through the bad, and through the ugly, do you truly trust God's timing? Think all the way back to the dream that God promised to Abraham. And think back to our theme verses of this series, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, and Galatians 3, 29. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 2, says this, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. That was the promise that God gave to Abraham. But he also gave it to us. Remember, we connected the dots to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And now that you belong to Christ, so, so now that you have a relationship with Jesus, n- now that you've stepped into that relationship You are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham now belongs to you. So so here's the challenge. When your feelings of faith and uh, when your feelings when your feelings and your faith collide, will you constantly and continuously trust God's timing? So last week, we we ended in Genesis chapter 21. Now this week, I want to backtrack just a bit. I want to go back to Genesis chapter 17, specifically regarding Sarah. So I teased this a couple weeks ago. I threw, I kind of snuck it in to a series or stuck it into a, a sermon. And I don't know if you picked it up. So I want to backtrack just a little bit. Have you guys, anybody ever lost their keys? I'm refusing to look at my wife right now. Because I lost my keys yesterday. And I, listen, I was so ticked off yesterday when I was looking for my keys because I knew it was my own sermon illustration. Like my own sermon illustration was working against me. It was so bad. We were late dropping our kids off here for parents night because I was looking for my keys everywhere. And my keys were in my daughter's room because for some reason I decided to place them on her dresser. No idea why. 
But, but have you ever lost your keys just to realize they were in your pocket? You know, I don't want to tell on yourself. You trying to, are you trying to raise your mom's hand right now? That is hilarious. I appreciate that. She's very mad at you, but I appreciated it. Y'all didn't see, she was literally trying to like pick up her, mom, raise your hand. Don't lie at church. Anybody ever lost their glasses before and they're on your head? Oh yeah, you ever like, you're like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And it's like in your hand. Or you're talking to somebody like, I can't find my phone. Like, you're a moron and you're talking on, I'm not calling you a moron, but you're, you're, you're on, like you're on your phone. I thought that I would get Steve Trevino to help me out with the clip today. You guys go ahead and kick it to the clip. Oh, she's perfect, my wife. <laughs> Never makes any mistakes. But this is the same person that walks around our house every day going, call my phone. Can you call my phone? I, I, don't, I don't know where my phone is. Can you? Babe, just call it. Babe, call my phone. Oh, it's in my purse. <laughs> I had it on silent. Now, where's my keys? I don't know where my keys are. Uh, she's always late, my wife. I'm late. I'm late. I can't find my keys. I'm going to have to take your keys. Where are your keys? On the hook that says keys. That's, that's where my keys are. Oh, she'll take my keys. Leave me at home trying to find her keys. 20 minutes later, I'll get a phone call from her. Oh, I have both sets of keys. I'm sorry. No, sorry people bring their husband their keys back. That's, she's not coming back. I'm gonna tell you, she's not, she's gonna do whatever she has to do. Now let me tell you something, people, if I have both sets of keys, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I better bring her her keys back. I could be a heart surgeon doing heart surgery. I'm like, fellas, I gotta go. But Dr. Trevino, if you leave, he'll probably die. Well, me or him, so. <laughs> My wife has a hair appointment. Oh, man. Hey, can anybody relate in the room? All the, hus the husbands, you don't put your hands up right now. <laughs> but but I, I can relate. The keys were all already in your car. The phone was already in your pocket. Your sunglasses were already on your head. And what I want to preach today is this. You already have it. You already have it. Now, now don't tune me out. Don't, don't shut me down. There's more in you than you know. There's more in you than you give yourself credit for. Now, again, this isn't one of those, like, feel-good messages. Let me just pump you up. But, but I really want you to, to sit with that for a minute. Do, do you really believe that all you need in life is already within you? Because we can believe it for other people. It's easy to look at other, it's easy for me to look at my spouse and go, man, she is a phenomenal woman. God has destined her for greatness and, and to see all the good stuff in her. But when I look in the mirror, for some reason, I start seeing my fears, my failures, and my shortcomings. See, we can, we can see it in other people. Nicole, I bet if you like looked out across the room and the people that you know, you can just start picking out things that you see in them. But, but then if you're honest with yourself and, and you start looking introspectively, it's like, whoa. Sure, I've got a few good things, but this is all the negative, right? And for some reason, when we look in the mirror, our list of bad is longer and greater than the list of good. But when we look at other people, what happens? It flips. The list of good is longer than the list of bad. 
Because when you're in those conversations and you're talking to people and someone goes, yeah, but I, you, you affirm that, yeah, yeah, you might have done that, but look at all these good things. And you immediately try to turn the conversation to the positive, to the good. But when you do it for yourself, what happens? You begin to spiral downward. And then you start thinking of more fears and more failures and more sin and who you were when you were in high school and who you were when you were in college and who you were in that relationship where you really didn't want to be in that relationship at all. And you just begin to spiral downward. If you're taking notes, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 17, starting in verse 15. Let me read it to you. Genesis chapter 17, then God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. This is what I've come to learn. The more that you dive into the Bible, the more that you study and search, you start to uncover certain truths that are right in front of you. And I've said this before. Names in Scripture are significant. Places in Scripture are significant. Don't just gloss over a name. Don't just gloss over a location. Start to dig in a bit. Why? Because names carry weight. Names carry power and and assignment and and destiny. What, What are some names in our culture, in our society, when you think of them, you immediately think of of something? For example, when I think of Nike, I think of shoes. When I think of Nike, I think of athletes. When I think of Nike, I think of sports. When I think of CrossFit 926, I think of community. I think of family. I think about our men's night that we had last night. When I think of good drip, I think of coffee. When I think of the Steelers, like the old Steelers, I think of the steel curtain. I think of defense. When I think of the Panthers, I think, I think that I'm still looking for a good quarterback. <laughs> like We're one quarterback short of being a playoff team. But when I, when I think of the Braves, I think of world champions. When I think of Trump or Biden, I automatically think that it's going to be political. Don't worry, I'm not going there this morning. But, but when I hear those names, I automatically think that it's going to be political. When I think of Abram, what, what does Abram mean? Scripturally, Abram meant exalted father. His name was changed from Abram to Abraham. What does Abraham mean? Well, Abraham means father of many or multiply. See, sometimes small tweaks can bring about huge changes. Here's a side note. Don't underestimate a small tweak in your life. Don't don't underestimate just committing to coming to church on Sunday. Don't underestimate, oh, I think I'll just get involved in a group. Don't underestimate, well, maybe I'll just open up my Bible app every day and actually read the Bible. It's a noble concept. But don't underestimate the small tweaks in your life. So, so let's drill down just a little bit. We said that names matter. What about Sarai to Sarah? So, so what does Sarai mean? Sarai means princess. So here's the deal. Are you ready for this? What does Sarah mean? Wait for it. Here goes. Sarah means princess. God, do you have a typo? Because you changed Abram's name to Abraham, and his name meant something completely different. But when you changed Sarai's name to Sarah, ultimately you looked at her and said, your name will no longer be princess, it's going to be princess. So her name changed, but but it didn't really change. God, did you mess that up? God, did you mean to say that? See, when you come across scripture that initially makes no sense, you have to dig deeper. It's like a mystery that you're trying to uncover. 
Now, now here's the problem. Many of us, we'll, we'll try to uncover mysteries when it comes to Netflix TV shows. For example, this is what you'll do. You'll start, y'all have been there because I've been there. I'm telling on myself. But you're, you're watching that, that episode or you're watching that series. And then at the end of the episode, there's a cliffhanger. And you're like, I ain't going to bed. I, I don't care. It's 12, 30. Don't care. I'm not going to bed. I'm at least watching the next 15 minutes of the next. Like, I'm going to at least start it, right? Because I want to know what's going on. I want to uncover this mystery. And this is what I know through Scripture, that, that uncovering the mysteries of Scripture isn't just for a pastor. It's not just for someone that's been following Jesus for decades. The same Spirit that gives me access to Scripture gives you access to Scripture. The question is, are you going to dive into it? So what's going on here? Jake, this is what I love about our Thursday morning men's group. We dive into Scripture and we begin to cultivate what the Spirit is telling us. So Sarai and Sarah both mean princess. The only difference is the change in spelling that reflects a change in dialect between Ur and Canaan. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, well think about it. Ur is where Sarai used to live. Some of y'all go catch this. Canaan is where she was going. Ur, Ur is where Sarai used to live. Canaan was where she was going. The fulfillment of your destiny sometimes requires leaving behind the comfortable and stepping into the unfamiliar and the uncharted. So what does it mean for us? It means that who God has called you to be is already inside of you. Your destiny is already inside of you. Your calling is already inside of you. Remember, Abraham and Sarah had to take time to discover and develop who they were. The problem is we don't want to take time to discover and develop who we are. We would much rather just look back to Ur. We would much rather just, oh, that's who I'll always be. That, that, I'm this way because of my family. I'm this way because it's what I grew up in. I'm this way because of the situations that happened to me. And, and what we want to do is we just want to focus on where we're coming from opposed to where we're going. There, there's going to be a little bit of overlap. I, got, I just have two points today, all right? So if you're taking notes, just two points. That doesn't mean it's going to be over in like seven minutes, but it, just two points. There's going to be a little overlap in, in both of these. And I'm not saying that men don't deal with the first point and women don't deal with the second point, because I believe they do. But I felt, I felt compelled to specifically preach to the women the first point and specifically to the men the second point. So let me talk to the Sarahs in the room. Let, let me talk to the ladies in the room for just a moment, the first point is this. Every single lady in the room, can I remind you that you're already called? Can, can I remind you that you're already called? Verse 10 says this, and I will bless her. Her being Sarah. Sarah had her own blessing that she would receive from God. So let's ask a few questions. Let's dig a little deeper. When was Sarah a princess? When did Sarah receive her blessing? Was it when she left Ur? Was it when God changed her name from Sarai to Sarah? Was it when she had Isaac? Was it when she eventually made it to Canaan? The answer to all of the questions is emphatically yes. It's always who she was. There's different levels of stepping into your identity, but she was always carrying the identity of princess all her life. And, and as we study Sarai and her past, we don't know much about her childhood. We don't know much about her upbringing, and I don't know. If I had to guess, I just don't know. I don't know if she was always treated like a princess. I don't know if she was always respected as 
a princess, but it's who she always was. Ladies, I don't know how you've been treated in your life. I don't, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what the world has tried to call you. I don't, I don't know what society has tried to label you. I don't, I don't know the individuals in your past or in your present that mistreat you. Here's the deal. I don't know, I don't know what your childhood was like. I don't know what you experienced. But I want you to know that your Father in heaven sees you. And this is the way that God sees you. God says that you are beautiful in every way, that you are beautiful physically and emotionally and spiritually. God says to every lady in the room that you are worth pursuing, you are worth fighting for, you are worth being treated with dignity, honor, and respect. And fellas, this is where you should be clapping right now. Fellas, this is where you should be bringing in your spouse a little closer. But every single woman in the room deserves to be treated with dignity, honor, and respect. So we're in our Generation Series. I'm going to ask three ladies to come up here, any three ladies to come up here, but I need someone under the age of 30. I need someone between the ages of 30 and 55, and I need someone over the age of 55. This is where you move and start walking up here because it's a sermon illustration. So please start coming. Oh, well, I got three people from, okay, so Amory, how old are you? 23, how old are you? 34. So we need someone over the age of 55. Let's go. Over the age of 55? No, you're not over the age. I need somebody over the age of 55. Let's go. Somebody over the age of 55 or this illustration is not going to work. There we go, Miss Jean. What I'm talking about. Be a leader. All right, so this is what I got, ladies. Amory, what is that? $100 bill. What is that? $100 bill. What is that? $100 bill. So how much is that worth? Don't be the smart aleck in the audience at three cent because it's not worth the paper that it's printed on. <laughs> if you really believe that, I'll give you three cent and you give me every $100 bill you got. So, so how much is it worth? $100. $100. All right, Amory, let me hold yours. Can I hold yours that? How much is this worth now that I have it? $100, right? If I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crumble it. I, I'm going to throw it on the ground. $100. It, it's still worth $100. Okay, so if I go over here and I like, step on it and I do a little spin, like how, how much is this worth now? It's still $100, right? So you can hold on to that. What if I take yours? All right. What did, how, how much is it worth? It's still worth it. It's, it's $100, right? Machine, I'm going to take yours. Like, I think these are real. These feel kind of fake, to be honest with you. But, but how, much, how much is this worth now? So it's, it, would anybody disagree that just because I crumbled it up and stepped on it and, and spun around on it that it's worth less than $100? Anybody at all? It, it's still worth $100, Right? All right, give it up for these ladies. Go ahead and clap for them. You can keep the $100. Take, yeah, no, take somebody out to lunch today. Now next time I ask somebody to come on stage, y'all are going to come on stage. All the husbands are like elbowing their wife right now. Why, why don't you get a, why don't you move? Taking you out to lunch today. No, that would have been her $100. She could have gotten her nails done. But, but hear me, just because something has been mistreated does not take away from its value. How someone else treats you does not define you. Your value comes from your father. Your value doesn't come by what society tries to label you. Your value doesn't come from past mistakes. 
Your value doesn't come from past relationships. Your value doesn't come from failed relationships. Your value doesn't come from your past that you wish you could just somehow magically forget about. Don't act out of how you've been treated. Act out of who your father says you are. But as Sarai left Ur, so let's dive in a little more. As Sarai left Ur and began the process of stepping into Canaan, there was a deeper understanding of what she had always been carrying. So once she left Ur, think all the way back to week number one. What was, what was the representation of leaving Ur? She was leaving her comfort zone. And we recognize that, that when we leave our comfort zone, relationships change, seasons change. I've been saying this for the past six weeks. Now we have to add one more asterisk. When we leave our comfort zone, you get a deeper understanding of your identity. Many of us feel like we have so much inside of us that God wants to birth through us. We can't really understand it, but we, we know that it's inside of us. And we wonder and we get frustrated that we can't tap into it. But why can't we tap into it? It's because we don't initially leave our comfort zone. We get comfortable. We get complacent. When you leave your comfort zone, you understand more of your identity. Our tendency is to look at what we lack. Our tendency is to say something along the lines of, I'm not that type of person. Our tendency is to say something along the lines of, I wish I was, or I wish I didn't do, or I wish I would have done. Can I remind you this morning that we have to stop the nonsense? That, that we can't live like that anymore. And, and this isn't just for the ladies in the room. This is for everybody. You have a decision to either live with a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. Uh, a psychologist named Carol Dweck said a growth mindset is someone that can navigate through life recognizing that just because they have a negative past doesn't mean they can't have a positive future. But a fixed mindset says I have a negative past, therefore I must have a negative future. That, that's not the way that it works. Ladies, can I remind you that you're leaders, you're strong, you're called, that you're called to step out in faith and to step up into the fullness of your identity. Now, fellas, I ain't holding back on y'all. So pick your feet off the ground. I'm going to step on some toes. So number two, if you're taking notes, is this. You already have what you need. Verse 16, and I will bless her and give you a son from, from who? From her. Who's her? It's Sarah. So, so here we go. Where did Abram's, Abraham's, because his name was changed, where did Abraham's greatest blessing come from? From Sarah. It came from what he already had. His greatest blessing, yes, it came from God, but it came through Sarah. So, so fellas in the room, stop looking to things around you to birth what God has already placed within you through the people closest to you. Now, now listen, this isn't just for people that have relationships in the room. This isn't for someone that just has a spouse. This isn't for somebody that has a girlfriend or, or, or a significant other. This is for every single person in the room. Curtis, where are you? You didn't know I was doing this. Curtis, go ahead and come up here. I need you to come up. Y'all give it up for Curtog. Oh, Cletus. Curtis, jump on stage for me. Yeah, every time. Curtis, I want to I speak, speak directly to you. Don't be reading my notes. You're trying to read what I'm talking about. But, but I want to speak directly to you. I brought some ladies up. Had to bring you up. You don't, you don't get $100, but I will let the y'all, I will let, you don't get $100. That's a good question. I got one better for you. Curtis is one of the most eligible bachelors that we have in the church. So, so ladies, 
Live and living color right here. You embarrassed now? A little bit, good. Had to bring you back down to reality. But, but I started, th- honestly, I, I, it, when I was writing this message, I, I honestly, I started thinking about you. And I was finishing it up, th- so I wrote in the beginning of the week, and I finished it up on Thursday. And, uh, and, I, and I started thinking back through Thursday. And, and in my notes, I wrote this, I can't believe how blessed Curtis is. Now, you're, you're, you're a single guy, Right? Like I said, I, I, I kind of started with that. It doesn't matter if you're married or not or have a spouse or not a girlfriend. None of that matters. But, but this is what I recognized Thursday. Thursday was your birthday. Thursday's typically a rest day for those of us who work out together. And Thursday, since it was your birthday, we decided to honor you and to work out at 5 a.m. and do a workout that you wanted to do. Now, for many of you out there, that's your personal hell. One, waking up at 5 a.m. Two, working out at 5 a.m. Like, I'm not about it. I can wake up early. I don't like working out early. But we woke up to, we woke up to honor you. And we celebrated you. And, and there, were, there was probably two or three times more people there than you thought would actually be there. You thought there was going to be like four or five people there. Jake, how many we had? We had like, Zach, do you remember like 14, probably 15 people there? Like, there was a lot of people there for a workout that's not even scheduled. We did it. Why? Just to honor Curtis. And, and then what happened? We all showered and changed, and, and then we stepped into our, our men's group at 6.15. And you, you can go ahead and look out, because there's people out here that are in that men's group. And we talked, and we dove deep into Scripture. And, and, then, and then what happened? We went, to, we went to breakfast. And we do that every Thursday. Not the workout part. Good Lord, no. We ain't working out every Thursday. I don't like you that much. Only on your birthday. But then, but then we went, but then we went to, to breakfast. And we do it every Thursday. We have our Bible study. We go to breakfast. We have our Bible study. We go to breakfast. And, and while I was writing, while I was writing my sermon, I realized that man, God was looking at you and just saying, Curtis, you're a blessed man. Now I, I know you've shared some stuff with me, and I'm not going to share it. But like you, you, you've got. It's not like you don't have junk in your life. You've got some crap in your life. You've got a past in your life. But man, you are a blessed individual. And now what I love, I really won't plan on saying this, but now what I love is you've been coming, you've been coming to the church for about four or five months, six months, something like that. And, and today you came in early because you're going to start serving and start helping with the setup team. And y'all can give it up for that. And, and maybe there's a female like looking at you and he's single? Like... He loves Jesus and he's single. That's like an anomaly these days. But, but I wanted to use this as a, a representation. Why? Because I knew I could bring him up and he wouldn't get too mad at me. But, but I guarantee you I could bring each individual up. And if we had a long enough conversation, we could get to the point where I could look at you and go, man, you're a blessed individual. Man, God's hand is, is on your life. That doesn't mean that it doesn't come with the negative. It doesn't mean that it's all roses and sunshine. It doesn't mean that it's all easy. It just means that we have to focus and pay attention to the positive. I said it in the beginning. When we look at ourselves, when we look at our life, we can give you the laundry list of negative, and it's hard to come up with the positive. And sometimes we just need people to sit down in front of us and go, no, 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 no. You're blessed. No. God, God has blessed you. He has blessed your family. He has blessed you with a friend group. So, so don't worry about what's out there. Focus on what's closest to you. So, Curtis, if I had to tell you one thing, just focus on what's closest to you. Focus on that friend group that you have closest to you. 
Focus on that that whisper that God is whispering to you in our heart of hearts. Before I start crying, can y'all give it up for Curtis? And Curtis is gonna Curtis is gonna go back to a seat. If you start dating someone here, then you have to let me know. We'll bring it back up, and that's better than a hundred bucks. You'll be spending a hundred dollars. But as I dove into this more and more, I've realized that the primary attack, or one of the primary attacks against women of God in the room, it is something along this line. I'm not this kind of person. And then the primary attack against the men of God in the room is, I don't have the resources. Let, Let me say it a different way. Women think along the lines of, I wish I was. And men think along the lines of, I wish I had. Think about boys and their toys, right? Oh man, I wish I had... I wish I had a bigger truck. I wish I had a bigger house. I wish I had more land. I wish I had a bow. I wish I had, I'm just, I'm going to keep talking so Michelle will keep hitting her husband. But, but, I, but that's the way that guys think. I wish I had another job. I, I need another. If I just had, fill in, fill in the blank. My life would feel successful. If I just had this then I'll feel like I've arrived. Can I remind every guy in the room, if you ever obtain what you're looking for, what you're striving for, you're just going to want to obtain something else. There will always be something else. I just need another. But that can go beyond boats and chainsaws and vehicles. The devil will try to convince, I'm speaking directly to some individuals today, the devil will try to convince you that your blessing is through Hagar. Now, I want everyone in the room to stop overlooking your blessing. Let me drill down even more. If you're overlooking your blessing, what are you, what are you doing? You're grasping for what you don't have instead of pulling in close that which is already within your reach. Married men in the room. Married men in the room. Not that you're going to get married. I'm talking specifically to the married men in the room. You've said your vows. Till death do us part. Even if she tries to get rid, rid of you, till death do us part. Can I remind you that it's, it's always been Sarah? It's always been your spouse. It's always been Sarah. Everything that you ever wanted was through your spouse. Back, backtrack and think through scripture. Abraham had another son. Do you remember that? A- Abraham had another son through Hagar. That wasn't where his blessing was supposed to come from. It was always Sarah. Everything that he ever desired and dreamed of and wanted was Sarah. Fellas, everything that you've ever desired and dreamed of and wanted is through your spouse. It's not through Hagar. All of your blessing is through Sarah. All of your curse is through Hagar. Babe, everything, y'all can can tune me out for just a second. Babe, everything that I've ever wanted, it's you. You. I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. It's always been you. So, uh, fellas, if we can just grasp that. The back of my yard, I don't have a big yard. I have like, literally my grass might be the size of these two rugs put together. Is that an exaggeration? That might not. They live three doors down, so not the band. But they, that was a good dad joke there. But this is literally, this is about the size of, of my yard. But you best believe it, I'm going to have some good grass. Like last, last summer, I was watering my grass. I'd be out there and I would like stand there for a little bit and I'd water it. 
I'm like, bump this. I'm getting a sprinkler. I can just turn it on, set a timer, go back inside. And this is what I noticed. Like I would set my sprinkler up, right? And it would be positioned perfectly. And if you're a real man, like you know what I'm talking about, like you got down and you were like adjusting it. You're trying to make sure you got all the grass. You, you had little settings on it, so you were making sure that your setting was perfect, so you got all, all the grass. And I got all, I got all the grass that I, that I could see. And I was watering my yard, and it was green, and it was lush. About 98% of it was green. The, the 2% that wasn't green was the grass or the dead grass closest to the sprinkler. See, fellas, what we have the tendency to do, if we're, if we're not careful, we can give our best time and our best energy and our best attention to everything else around us and neglect that which is closest to us. We can worry or we can think and, and, and focus on watering everything else in our life. I mean, I got to focus on my job. I got to focus on the promotion. I got to focus on my buddies. I got to focus on the business. And, and somehow we neglect the people and the things that are closest to us. Men, if I can encourage you in the room to give attention and time to your family and your friends that are closest to you, and it will overflow into every other area of your life. I'll, I'll close with this. Remember, we backtracked a bit. To, to this point, Genesis 17, Isaac isn't born yet. So I want to read Genesis 17, chapter 17, verse 17 through 21. You can follow along with me on the screens. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. Y'all ever laughed at God? Like, uh-uh, ain't no way. Ain't no way you're going to do that through me. Ain't no way that you can bless me with that. How could I become a father at the age of a hundred, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. Verse 19, but God replied, no, no. Sarah, your wife, not through Hagar, through Sarah, your wife. She'll give birth to a son for you and you will name him Isaac. And I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. I, I, listen, as for Ishmael, I, I'll bless him also, just as you have asked. And I'll make him extremely fruitful and I'll multiply his descendants and, and, and will become the father. He will become the father of, of many nations and 12 princes. And I will make him a great nation. Verse 21, but my covenant, my covenant blessing will be confirmed with Isaac. I'll add this part, through Sarah, through Sarah. See, our conversations with God can turn, in, can turn into times of trying to convince God we should do less or that he should do less in and through us. See, our prayers become us trying to talk God down to our level. Our, our prayers turn into this, God, come down to my level of experience. Our prayers turn into, God, come down to what I see in front of me. Our prayers turn into, God, will you come down to the level of my past mistakes? Because if you come down to the level of my past mistakes, then if anybody ever finds out, that's okay. Because it's, at least I'm still on this level. Come on. We try to convince God to come down to where we failed. We try to convince God to, to come down to where we fall short. 
We try to convince God that we're not good enough. And we're almost arguing with the creator of the universe. Like, are you sure you got it right? Just come down to my level. And God says, no. See, Abraham tried to say, hey, God, hey, God, will you, will you just bless me? Just bless me through this other son that I have. Because I, I, don't, I don't deserve what you're saying. I don't deserve who you've called me to be. I don't deserve to be a father of many nations. And maybe, maybe you're standing out or sitting out here. Hey, God, I don't, I don't deserve what you've blessed me with. I don't deserve what you've tried to give me. And then God says, no, 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 you do. How about instead of me coming down, how about you rise up? How about you rise up to your blessings? How about you rise up to where I've called you? How about you rise up? I'm tired, I'm tired of our society saying we got to come down, we got to come down, we got to come down. Like it's a bad thing to stand up and go, no, 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 I want to reach for what God has called me to reach for. We don't have to be ashamed that God wants to give us blessing. Blessing is not a bad thing. For some reason in the church, what we've tried to say is like, like blessing is a bad word. Blessing isn't a bad word. God wants to bless you. Now, I'm not talking about some name it and claim it nonsense. I'm talking that God wants to bless you. Why? So that you can bless others. What was the purpose of Abraham being blessed? The purpose is that he would carry his lineage and bless others. We're not called to be consumers. We're not called to just receive the blessing of God. We're called to be a blessing of God to other people. I said this a couple weeks ago. Where have you been blessed in your life that you can bless others? Matt, you've had people lead you uh, in, in your professional life along the way and pour into you. Shame on you if you don't pour into others. Now, I know you do, so I can say that to you. But, but you pour into others to raise them up. John, same thing. People have poured into you over and over and over again through your life. But now you're pouring into another generation. Where has God allowed people to pour into your life so that you can pour into other people's lives? I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. Church, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of us just playing church. I'm tired of us just coming in here on a Sunday. And I'm not talking like our church. I'm talking about church global, right? I'm talking about the global church. I'm tired of us like, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. Yeah, 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 I follow Jesus. Yeah, I'm just going to ignore whatever they're talking about, and I'm just going to act like I follow Jesus, and I'm going to, I'm going to put like my blinders on, and as long as I'm okay, then life's good. As long as I'm okay, life's good. But then emphatically what happens is when your life begins to get rocky and shaky, life's no longer good. Why? Because you've secluded yourself. And you've decided to put your blinders on, and you decided to act like everything's made up, and you've decided to act like you can just do it all by yourself, and you've decided that you're going to act like that God doesn't want to bless you, that he's given you what he's given you. And, and for some reason, for some reason, we don't pick our heads up, and for some reason, we don't stand up to the level that God has called us to stand to. It's no nonsense. Following Jesus isn't necessarily easy. It sucks sometimes. Can I say that? I'm a, I guess I can say that. But it's hard. Like, it's hard to follow Jesus sometimes. But that's okay. That's why we get in the trenches with each other. That's why we rub some elbows with each other. And then maybe, maybe, maybe you'll walk out of the doors today and you're like, you know what? It's time for me to act a little different. It's time for me to carry myself a little different. So with every head bowed and every eye closed. Hey, maybe... Maybe for you today, maybe for the ladies in the room, maybe for the men in the room, kind of what we preached on was exactly what you needed to hear. 
maybe, maybe there's some women in the room that haven't been treated like they should have been. Maybe there's some women in the room that have been taken advantage of. If you, if you feel like that's you, man, just place, place a hand on your heart, recognizing that God sees you, that God calls you beloved, that God says you deserve to be treated with dignity and honor and respect. You deserve to be pursued. You deserve to know and to feel love for my fellows in the room, specifically to, specifically to the married men. Maybe, maybe you would pray something along the lines of God, help me to give time and attention to my family. Would you be brave enough to put your hand on your heart? Would you be brave enough to say, God, help me to honor my family. Help me to pay attention to my family. Help me to give time to my family. And then maybe, maybe there's another group in the room. We, we sang, we, you know, we sang the song, there's another in the fire, and you feel, you feel like your life has been just engulfing flames. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and, and you, don't, you don't know why, but, but for some reason when you walked into the doors today, when you, when you walked into church, there was a peace that you couldn't understand. Scripture says that, that God will give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And, and maybe you felt like that for the first time in your life today. Can, can I just tell you, maybe that's just God trying to get your attention. Maybe, maybe that's God saying, hey, hey, come on home. Hey, step into a relationship with me. Hey, there's, there's more to life than you've experienced. There's more love and there's more joy and there's more forgiveness than you've ever experienced. But it starts with stepping into a relationship with me. If that's you all across this room, now on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. Not to embarrass you, not to call you forward, but just as a sign of surrender, saying, God, I need you. I, I need you. I need you in my life. If that's you all across the room, would you just slip your hand up? You can put that hand right back down. And if we could, could we say this prayer collectively? Could we say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live wide awake to your love and fully alive to my purpose. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, look back at me. There were some hands that went up today. Some people stepped into a relationship with Jesus. That's where you get excited. Hey, if you, if you, if you slipped your hand up, right outside these doors to the left, we have our wide awake and fully alive area. Listen, that's the most important decision you could ever make in your life, but it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And we have individuals that want to walk with you day by day by day to help you to become what we call a disciple of Jesus. Hey, just a reminder, in the lobby, we have our group set up. If you're the group leaders, go ahead and take off to your table. And then if you're in here, be a part of a group. Sign up. All right? Go enjoy the groups. We'll see you next week as we continue to love Jesus and change the world. We'll see you guys next week.